That is good news. Father, we love you. We worship you, Father. We give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory. And we thank you, Father, for what you're doing in the lives of the folks who are part of Victory Christian Center here in Lafayette and in Arkansas and in Cincinnati and in Greenwood and in California. Father, and wherever else you have planted the folks who have left here, they are part of what you have started in this earth, in this place, Father, and just seeds being planted around this community, this state, this, this, this country, and this world. And we thank you that your presence is with us, Father, today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Woo! Good stuff, huh? Give the Lord a hand this morning. It's good. Good to see you. Sorry, sis. Lori's so excited about backpacks. You may be seated. God's good. It is. It's like Christmas. It's some of the strangest stuff you ever did see. It's Christmas in August at her house, and I, my, Pastor Pam and I were gone one year, and it was, I mean, I was getting picture after picture. I got 75 pictures of pencils. Uh, says, Look what I got. It's a pencil, just like the last one you got. It's, it's okay. So, uh, you know, there, we, don't, make fun of, don't make fun of folks. Don't make fun of your elders if you're a kid in here, because you will end up like that. I'm just telling you, there are seeds you are planting, because Pastor Bill absolutely if you want to jazz up pastor bill's life get him a nice little notebook with a little highlighter and a cool little pen and he'll just he's just all over it he just he can't get enough he smells the pages he highlights everything and uh so we used to kind of make kind of make fun of him as his kids in in that and now i can't get enough of highlighters and pencils and pens and little pieces i got a thousand notebooks at home that i just i just keep i can't help myself so uh school supplies are very dear to our heart in this uh in this family so it's good stuff you know when Lori came and I knew that was God and, and so uh you know I'm really excited about about what he's doing in this and we're going to talk about it a little bit today as we talk about stretching in our life and and the message title is is choose you today or it just says whom shall you serve you know over the last few weeks we've been talking about a lot of stuff and we've been talking about our faith growing and stretching and and in that stretching it happens through the doing that yes, we have to change our mind, of course. And yes, we have to change the things that we're speaking. Those are important, the things you meditate and the things you confess with your mouth. But it is really important what you do with your hands and your feet and your body and your life and as you go forward. Because it doesn't just say in Joshua 1.8 that we meditate the word and we speak the word and we're gonna have a great life. It says meditate the word, speak the word, and live or do the word. And you will have success and you will be prosperous. And and. In Isaiah 119, it says, the willing and the obedient eat the good of the land. And we're all very willing, and many times we can meditate it and we can speak it, but then when the, when the push comes to shove and we have to live it in our life, or as we talked the last two weeks about giving and tithes and bringing them into the storehouse, and in, and in hard times, what do we do? When we come in and we actually plant that seed in good ground, knowing that God gave it to us and that he'll bring the increase in our life. I mean, th- that takes trust and that takes faith in God more than what we can see with our natural eyes and more than maybe what your natural mind can figure out. But that's where you begin to stretch in faith. That's where you begin to grow. And in the doing, in the works, it says in James chapter 2, talking about Abraham, it says his works perfected his faith. It's in that hard time situation. Like it says in James where we read in chapter 1 where it said, Rejoice, you're going to be going through some really, really tough situations. See, it says, Have joy. And John said in, 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 in chapter 15, Jesus said, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. 
you know, those are the times where we don't want to cheer. But you have probably found in your life that nothing great has happened and God hasn't done something fantastic that hasn't come through sacrifice and difficult times and a test and a trial. That in those hard times, it's almost proving ground for miracles. That you, you go through, you can read the Bible and read all the way through and, and if you find the chapter that says, you know what, it's just going to be fantastic from the day you meet Jesus to the day you die and go be with him in heaven, then let me know where that is because I, I've seen a lot of stories in here where people had to push through some hard times. And they had to go through some stuff. They had to re- refocus their mind. They had to get their, their words going in the right direction. But they had to act. In 1 Kings chapter 17 last week, we talked about the widow and Elijah and how he asked her for that cake and all she had was a little bit and we've been in this position before in this church and you have been in this position in your life where we said, okay, God, I know what you're saying, but come on, all I got is this little bit. And she told the man of God, we were just going to make a cake, my son and I, we were going to eat it, and we were going to die. That's how hard it was. It, it was a very difficult time. She was in drought. But she said, I, I'll do what you asked me to do. She went in, she brought him some water, then she made him a cake, and then she brought it to him. And then from that time until the end, until the drought was over, that oil never ceased to run dry. The flour was there, and she continued to eat. But she had to do something in a very difficult season in her life. And as she did that, she saw the hand of God move on her behalf. And you know, in this particular message today, we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, about serving. The, the scripture that I want to read is, is in Joshua, and it's chapter 24. And we, we have made this decision, so I'm not, I'm not saying this is you today necessarily, although I think every day we have to make this decision. You know, Adam and Eve in the garden... God put them there, and and he said, you can do anything you want here, except you can not eat from that tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He told them that in the beginning of Genesis. And now I think sometimes, or we think many times as we read that story, well, why is that? If we could have everything, why would we not be able to eat from that tree? Because God said, you can think about it, you can try to come up with reasons, you can try to figure it out yourself, but God, just say God said. That settles it. Is there, is there any, see, we want to make it okay. But he said, don't do it. So every day they woke up, they got to live their life and serve God. And we from this other side, see, we're on the other side of the, we're on the other side of the Bible. We're at the end of the Bible. We can look back and we can say, you know what? They're so silly. They had everything they wanted. But God just said, don't do that. And I'm telling you what, I, that wouldn't have happened to me. Right? I mean, if God said, don't, well, I, would, I had all that other stuff I could see and do, and I could have all that other stuff I could eat. Everything else was provided for me. Those two were just silly. They're foolish. Well, they were deceived by the enemy. But we've been in that position too. Don't kid yourself. We've made those mistakes, and we've done the same thing where God has said, you know what? These are all the things that, I, that I'm giving you. This is all that I'm pouring out in your life. Just, you know what? If you could just change and not be like this anymore, but be like that. And then what do we focus ourselves on? I really want to be like that. i got to be like that. I can't stop being like that. Stop it, Eve. Not you in general, but, you know, just that, that section maybe. Stop it, Adam. <laughs> right? I mean, that one thing then just becomes the only, see? But they got to wake up every day and choose to serve God and say, you know what? I'm going to serve you with all my heart today. And we get that same choice. And Joshua told the children of Israel here, he was talking about their service, and he said, now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away 
the gods, of the, the gods that your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. He said, if you don't want to serve God, then you pick. Do you want the gods that your, your family worshipped? Do you want the gods that your ancestors worshipped in the, say, past? past or do you want the god of the amorites that are in the land in which we're going say future or do you want to worship and serve the god of the present today see joshua told him if if serving god today where we are right now in what he's called you to do in the place he's called you to do it with the people he's called you to do it with If that seems undesirable to you, then check out the gods of the past or check out the gods of the future. You're not going to go anywhere. See, he brought them out of their past and he told them as they went forward, don't mess with the people in the future. See, don't marry their women. Don't serve their gods. He was telling them. Choose you today who you will serve. Don't look to the past. Don't look to the present. But serve God today. The God who is here with you, leading and guiding you right now. And Joshua told him, you make your own choice, whatever. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve God today. The God who's right here with us. The past, that gives us experience. The past gives us confidence. Our faith is built on God coming through in the past. Don't get your, but what he's saying here is, you get your eyes on it was better in the past. Just like we think sometimes it'll be better in the future. Hey, how about we make it better today? And if you've been in this church for a while over the last couple years, we've had a couple messages in the beginning of the year over the last two years that have helped us kind of understand and live this. God has been speaking this to us. We've been like this for a long time in this church. We are all about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus with everybody that we meet, both locally and globally, everywhere we go. That's serving people, loving folks, loving people. But, but as, as we go in this, in January of 2011, God said, I'm going to bring you manna. And we said, "Woo, manna, good stuff. Manna only lasted a day. So God was training us in faith. He was teaching us to each day come to him and say, God, what do you have for me today? Why does he do that? Because he's present with you today. And it keeps our eyes focused on Jesus today. It will line up with what he told you yesterday and that will encourage you for what he's about to do for you tomorrow, but it will help you serve God today. Does that make sense? See, we get our eyes focused on all these other things and he says, just focus on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. And he says in Matthew chapter six, don't worry about tomorrow, but diligently, I mean with all your heart, I mean, like, God, I can't make it through till midnight today without you being here with me on my behalf, speaking to me, leading me and guiding me and helping me kind of diligently seek him and his righteousness. That's that's the Matthew chapter six thing. Don't worry about tomorrow. See, he says, serve me today. And God trained us and he began to show us that. And that year we began to grow and God began to do that in our lives. And then this year when we came to January, God began to say and speak to me that it's give what's in your hand. Not only now do I provide for you today what you have to do today for you, but now what we're going to do, say stretch, 
stretch. We're going to stretch and now take what's in your hand and give it to the people who are around you. Now I begin to think I got five bucks in my hand and I give five bucks away. I ain't got no five bucks anymore. So tomorrow, what am I going to be able to give? So instead of giving five bucks away, I'm just using five bucks as an example. It could be the word. It could be a message. It could be anything. But I, I give one away. Why? Because I think that tomorrow my four are going to be good. But what happened to the manna when they tried to bring it in the house and they tried to make it last for more than that day? It rotted. Worms and all the nasty stuff. So do what God asks you to do today with what's in your hand today. And now that's a growth. That's a stretch for us to say, okay, God, now I'm not only just counting on you for what you're going to give me today to make it, but now you're also asking me to step out and to stretch and to say, okay, now I'm going to start giving that to the people who are around me. And now you are not God, I am not God, but now we are providing manna for the people who are around us. May or may not be the person next to you, but I doubt it. It's probably for somebody who is not here. We like to serve each other. We like to take care of each other. But in serving God, I know he always asks us to serve the folks that he brings across our path. Those aren't necessarily the ones that we like. But everybody can serve the lovely, right? It says in Luke, everybody can love the lovely, but who loves the others? Who loves the enemy? Who will serve the one that's a risk? Who will serve the one who might not love you back? Who will serve when you have to go without because you're serving somebody? Giving a backpack to somebody is fantastic. That is great. That is an opportunity to take care of some, some kids somewhere, whether it be in this church or whether it be in this community. There will be some in this church, I'm sure, but the majority of them will go out of the, into the community somewhere to help some kid that we do not know. Serving people where we don't get any credit for it. I don't care that there's not a VCC tag on anything. Just get the backpack in the, in the hand of the right kid. I'm not looking for credit. You're not looking for credit. We're just looking to serve people and have people's lives be different and give God an opportunity through your action to serve people who are around you, to say, okay, God, you have given to me today, so I'm going to give to somebody as I come across their path. As you begin to do that, it begins, it begins to give God an avenue to act in your life but also in theirs. That's important. Jesus came and he said, I did not come to serve or to be served. I came to serve. And many times we begin to think, well, if somebody could just do something for me, then I'll be okay and I could do something for somebody else. It's not the way it works. When we were living alone in Tulsa with Pastor Pam and she was a single mom and, and we were all somewhat atrocious little imps running around doing our thing. We tried to love her the best we could, but we caused some problems. I know you all think we were perfect children. Some of you have been around a long time. You know that's not true. But I'm telling you, we didn't have enough money to make it each day. And if she looked at the week, that could be insurmountable. If she looked at the month, you could see all the reasons why it's not going to work. Or you can say, you know what? Today, God, you brought us all we needed. And then you know what he began to do? He began to grow in her the desire to give. He was leading her and guiding her. And now he said, now what I have given you, always take of what I have given you and give to somebody else. And so we would get these groceries. They'd be on our porch and we'd be all excited. And then she would pack up some of those groceries and take them next door. I'm thinking, there went my Twinkies. 
that little kid next door is going to be eating my Twinkies? <sighs> How's that Twinkie kid? That's mine. I see that, 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 that's where the rubber meets the road. That's saying, okay, God, you have given to me. Now I'm going to, give, I'm going to give back. I'm going to give to somebody else. Jesus said in John, he said, you know what? There's not a greater love does any man have than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. And when God asks us to serve, and when he's asking us in Joshua, choose this day whom you will serve, he said, hey, will you serve God? Yes, serve God first, because he is our first priority and our first relationship, and we must, yes, serve him. But then he asks us to serve our family, and then he requires of us to serve others and those people who are around us. And I will serve God because I know he loves me. Now, we come to God, and we say, I love you, but he loved you first. And I can say that, you know what, I love my wife, and I have laid down my life for her. And I could say I would tell her that regardless of whether or not she loved me. But that would make me a stalker. <laughs> See, if I was just, just pouring out, you're not my wife, and she's not here today, so <laughs> this is somewhat awkward. I don't know who, we need a cutout of her somewhere. If I, I don't know where she is, but she left, so pray for your Pastor John. She's going to be gone for like four or five days. So if I show up at your house, feed me. I get real lonely when she's not around, so I just, I'm already sweating. But I, I, you know, I, I say that I would love her and that I would devote my life. It says in Ephesians that, that, men, you're supposed to love your wife as Christ loved the church, but what did he do? He died for, laid down his life for the church. And so now in that coming to my wife, in that moment of marriage, and her saying, I submit myself to you, it's an opportunity for mutual submission, mutual service. And then you both give yourself to each other in that moment. And I can say I would do it if she didn't love me, but come on, really, to be honest, she loved me too. Now, she's not always lovable. Now that she's not here, we can really pour it out. <laughs> First service, I couldn't go here, but no. <laughs> See, the, the, and with God, we know that that's what, that's what draws us to him is what? That love. So I come to him, and I, I'm not really taking a risk in that moment because I'm going to serve him, and I'm going to love him, but he has already laid down his life, his son's life for me. So he is already serving me. He is already loving me. Jesus came into this world not to be, a, not to be served, but to be a servant. And see, in marriage, we come into that relationship kind of the same way, saying, yeah, 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 I love you regardless, but we know that they love us too. And we're entering into this thing kind of mutually. But in this other portion of scripture here where, where Jesus says, lay down your life for the people who are around you. Lay down your life for your friends. You are taking a risk there. See, because you do not know if they're going to receive what you have to say. You do not know if they're going to reciprocate that love, reciprocate that service back to you. You don't even know if giving a backpack to some kid in some school somewhere in this community is even going to bring that kid to Jesus or you'll even get a thank you. But it doesn't matter because God said, lay down your life regardless of what you get back. It's him who does the work in that life, not you. And if you have to get something back out of that service, then there's a problem with you. See, we're supposed to come into marriage without that baggage and say, I'm going to serve you with all of my heart regardless of if you serve me or love me. Yet when do marriages begin to get shaky? See, when does that relationship begin to get cranky? When you don't receive back what you think you should receive. 
did a whole message on relationships for four weeks last year. You can look it up online. It's that debt-debtor relationship. I did this, so you, you have to owe me something. See, you've begun to serve, but you served with a different heart, saying, I need to get something back in this. Where does your relationship with God begin to get shaky? When he asks you to do something, and many times you begin to do it, and you don't see the fruit. And so then you begin to question God, and you begin to ask God. I've I've known this. God will take care of you every day if you trust him, if you count on him and you diligently seek him. He will provide for you for that day what you need. But if you will get your eyes on the end prize, you will never be happy and you will never be satisfied even if you try to serve God with all your heart. Because he does not bring to me what I need in a year. He brings to me what I need today. See, he says, serve, pick today who you will serve, the God of the past, the God of the present, or or the God of the future, or are you going to serve the God who's with you today? We choose to serve the God who's with us today. In my life, things began to go sideways when I began to get my eyes on what I thought God was going to do. See, Jesus says in Matthew, I think it's chapter 20, and this is the second time I've done this message, and I haven't used my notes at all. So this may or may not be what the first service was going through. But in Matthew chapter 20, whatever that scripture was, first service, you put that one back up there. It says, yet it shall not be among you that whoever desires to be great among you, let him be your servant. And when I was in high school, I had a desire and a dream. And, and, and part of it was to do kind of like this right now. But I, but I couldn't figure out how that would work. And so I, I began to say, okay, God, it has to happen this way. And if I get to this point in my life, See, if I can make it to that point in my life, then I'll be able to do what you called me to do. See, if I can just make it over there. I I thought for sure that God had this opportunity and plan for me to to influence people's lives for Jesus, to to see people's lives change, to make a difference, to preach and to teach and to do all that kind of stuff. But I couldn't see how it could happen unless it went this way. And so I spent a lot of time as a young person really focused on I thought if I would become a baseball player, that, I w- that eventually I would have this platform and, and this, this place where I would have all, all, of, all of the influence that I needed to, to be able to do what God called me to do. And I began to choose a God of the future. Now, I wouldn't say that I picked baseball as a God, and I wouldn't say that that was the direction I was going. But in my head, that's what I was focused on, and all the rest couldn't make sense. See, many times in our lives, we look back at our past and say, I could never do today what God's asking me to do because of my past, because of the junk I've been through and because of the things that happened. And many times you're in one camp or the other, but God says, can you choose to love me and serve me today right where you are? And as I began to get my eyes off of that, whatever that thing was, It didn't just happen one time, because then once I got over that thing, I began to get a little sour, I got over that thing, then I ended up teaching every day for 13 years. And I began to think, you know what, if I could just get past all of these kids, and if you're getting, if you're getting maybe, I wouldn't say disgusted, but if you're having difficulty dealing with the people that you deal with in your daily life, just ask God if you haven't overlooked them. Because I know in my life I had. They became an issue 
They became like some kind of step that if I could just pass this test and just get past all of these people, then I can get to what God really wants me to do, not realizing that these people were the ones that he called me to serve. And that I would never get to the place that he had for me to go unless I served the folks I was called to serve. And I think sometimes we can get a little cantankerous with the process. But God doesn't say that we can get cantankerous with the process. He doesn't say if the process gets, gets too rough for you, then serve the God of the past. See, he doesn't say if the, if the process is too much for you, then jump ahead to the future. See, what did he tell him? If serving God becomes undesirable to you, then fine. Pick which one of those two you want. Well, I don't want to be that. Then quit making it undesirable. There's only one person that can do that. That's us. It says in Psalms chapter 37 that if I will feed on his faithfulness, he will provide for me in those days all the desires of my heart. And we begin to say, well, then where are the desires? Open up your eyes today. But I don't like them, but God does. And if you're really feeding on his faithfulness, then they become who you serve. They become who you love. They become who you help. Who, who is that? Whoever God puts in your place today. And I, I promise you that as we begin to change our focus and begin to stretch in this area of service that says, okay, God, I, I will take care of who you bring across my path today. I will give out of my hand what I have. And if you do not seek God's face every day and you do not get that manna in your own life, you will be giving them who you were or what you think and not what God has. That as we move into a new school season and we have teachers and principals and all of these people, we have a lot of education people in this, in this church. I, I am t- every day is an important day. You have third graders and high schoolers and a whole school full of people. And I mean, we got, we got, we got a whole, we got them all covered all over the place. Josh, you may think you know what to do, but I am telling you, you're going to have to trust God every day. Every day you wake up and your lesson plan might be fantastic as far as you're concerned, but you may have to change a few things as you go through it, as God leads you and guides you, because the words that you speak are going to be important, not just to teach somebody social studies, but to teach somebody to become all that God created them to be. And you can do that in a lot of different ways. I taught math, for goodness sakes. Everybody hates math. I don't like math, but I'm just telling you. I finally figured it out that if I will serve God today and I will serve these kids who come into my room and I will make them the priority that day, what God has for them, I tell them in the beginning, look, you are going to learn math eventually somehow, some way. But in the process, you're going to become better people. I may or may not influence you to change your life and become whoever knows what, but I hope that I leave you with something that says that God loves you, that he cares about you, that he has a plan for your life, and that you find it. I don't care if you're a teacher, a mechanic, you work at Lowe's. I don't care where you are, what you do. You can be like that in this earth. People ask me all the time, Pastor John, Pastor John, what can I do? I want to serve you. I want to help you. I want to then help people. I don't need people to carry a book for me. I don't need people to tie my shoes. I don't need people to wash my car. Although it is nice when you bring the car around and it's nice and all set up for me. That, I appreciated that the other day. I guess you can keep doing that. But uh, <laughs> that's not what I'm looking for. 
I've had a lot of people get discouraged because they, 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 they want to do that. And I say, you know what you need to do? Go help people. Now that, you're not going to get time. I mean, I'm not going to sit down and, and I mean, I, I want, we all need to be busy helping people. I love all y'all and, and, and I, I care about you, but I want to see you become who God created you to be. I may be lonely this week. But when my wife comes back, I won't be lonely anymore. I, I got a small, small pool of, of need in my life and it's, it's her sitting next to me and talking to me. <laughs> yep it is it is it makes them all they all make fun of me because i am i'm telling you in about two days i'm going to be driving around sitting at their house staring at them and they're going to be like go away I, where do i go <laughs> but when she comes back i'm, oh, I'm good <laughs> help people help people if you want to serve don't just serve the pastor don't just serve the church if you want to serve god help people that's important. You'll hear me talk now in the next couple of months. Corey's going to come here. and God's passion. Really, God's heart is people. You know, it says, it says in, the, in the Word, I mean, as, as he begins to, Jesus begins to talk to, to the people in the New Testament. And they, they want to know, like, see, just the same things we want to know. We want God to give us, like, an A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Give me ten, ten commandments. I'll figure it all. You know, like, what do we need to do? And he said, it's real simple. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your strength. And then he said, I'm telling you, it is this simple, people. And we say, well, we do that. We do that. We do that. We love you. We love you. We love you. And then he said, well, if you really love me, then love your neighbor as yourself. Love them. Well, I want to love the next group. Nope. Love the group you got. I'm telling you, the school near here never lasts longer than when your class is a bunch of scoundrels and you don't figure it out. <laughs> but when you figure it out, it becomes the most joyous occasion and the school year ends up being really short and you don't want to see them leave in the end. So you begin to, it's just your perspective begins to shift. And you'll hear me talk over the next couple of months about living Intentionally. You know, that what is, what is the thing that God has for you to do today? Now go do it. See, we spend a lot of time doing a lot of other things. And I was reminded of this. Caleb Worley is going to be here in October. And many of you know Caleb and Sarah. And he's going to be here in October for the men's retreat that we're going to have our advance overnight. And he's in, he's in I'm telling you, right now I think he's in, Thailand or someplace he's got five different countries to go to this week and he's going from country to country to country to country he'll fly back I'll meet him at word explosion we'll play golf in the morning and he'll talk about all the great things and then I'm telling you the next day he'll be on the next plane to who knows where and I'm, I'm starting to I'm starting to really to get it that all the things that and, and your family is important there's nothing more important to him, really, other than God and the call that he has for his life than his wife and his kids and all those things. But, but they both know that family, this is what we, 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 we are after, the harvest. Jesus said in John chapter 4, the harvest is great. The harvest is here. And then he tells them in Luke, don't just pray that more harvest comes. Don't just pray for the lost souls. He actually says, pray for the what? The laborers to go out and reap the harvest. 
We were going to do the 99 this fall, an opportunity to serve and, and do some things in this community. But as I talked to Terry Henshaw, the director of the 99, and, and it became clear that as we were trying to do some things, things weren't happening, and we might have missed the timing on this particular thing, but we're going to do it in the spring. I called him and said, Terry, you know, I don't want to miss this. If this is the opportunity and we're supposed to do this in the fall, I know that you'll bring, that you'll bring the right folks and the right thing, and, man, we'll do it. We will get it done, and we'll see God great in this community. And he said, you know what? It helps us, and it's better for us to move it to the spring. So in the spring, we're going to have an opportunity to serve. I mean, it's going to be here for four weeks. It's every Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. And you may or may not get the glory. You may be the guy standing there holding the rope. You may be the guy sitting there throwing the net and bringing somebody to Jesus. Who knows what you get to do, but you get to do something. Serving God is fun. But what it is is living your life intentionally, saying, Okay, God, what do you have for me today? What do you have for me right now? Because see, life doesn't start next week. Life doesn't start next month. Stop thinking that when you lose 10 pounds or gain 10 pounds or you get through a school or you have enough money or when this day comes or when that day comes, stop putting all those things that say, when this happens all, when this happens all, when this happens all, just all. Just all. Today. Today. You're going to come across the path of somebody today, whether it's in your house whether it's in your neighborhood or whether it's at the place where you go to eat after church today, you're going to run into somebody that needs what you have. And living intentionally says, God, I know what that is. You have given me what I need today. Thank you for that manna. And now, Father, you have brought somebody into my life across my path that needs it. I don't focus on the God of the past. I don't focus on the things in the future. I focus on you today and what you have. I want to live intently for you. That's who we are, right? Serving God, serving our family, and serving people. That's what he called us to do. It's simple. (laughs) It's not difficult. Seek his face. Take his yoke. It's easy. His burden is light. And then you will be able to make a difference everywhere that you go. My message doesn't change much, does it? Kind of the same thing. Keep loving God and loving people. You keep doing that, He'll make the way for you. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you have drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.